pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Andy Rowan. I'll be joined as usual by Big Jim Hamilton, Andy Good, and Little today, Jim. What, what's that? Little Jim. Little, little James. Jim, little fella. And uh, Big Andrew McNair from the Rugby Pod. Welcome, guys. So on the show today, we're speaking with Italian national coach and former uh, Irish international Conor O'Shea, and we'll be adding another player to the Filthy 15, something everyone looks forward to, and another thing everyone looks forward to is the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll be touching on that as well. Uh, but first up, there's only really one place we can start, Big Jim. It's been a big couple of weeks for you. Uh, Saracens, one of the biggest wins in, in uh, European Champions Cup. Is that the name of it? Champions Cup, yeah. yeah that's I, the I one. get it wrong. European Cup. European. Uh, yeah, so one of the biggest wins uh, in the history of the competition, really, beating Toulon at home mm. in Toulon. Um, Pretty sure that be uh, you'd be close to getting a statue soon, wouldn't you? <laughs> like hey, that. from where I was watching, the boys did pretty well against Toulon, <laughs> to be honest. Mate, you got on, didn't you? I got on for five minutes when once the game, game was, was closed out. But yeah. I trained all week. I trained all week because George was struggling with his ankle, so I had a lot of input. But no, look, that was a fantastic win for us. First time. They have been beaten there in the past, but obviously just not in recent years. Mm. They've, not, they've never not lost a game. No, they've never lost a game in the, champion, in the top tier of the Europe. Tri- okay, yeah, at the start, yeah. Felix Mail. Um, so yeah you boys dominated yeah fantastic the first half was brilliant it was almost New Zealand-esque uh, good job I wasn't involved <laughs> well, you, you, talk, you talk about Saracens right and people label them as this team that are defensively strong kick chase blah 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 dull to watch load of rubbish you watch the way they attack that first half and credit's got to go to and Jim will say more on it Kevin Sorrell Kevin Sorrell runs the attack yeah, and he listens to this podcast. Yes, Kevin, a uh, good yeah, mate of mine. Me and Kev used to play together. Yeah. Got some good stories on him. Really? Well, let's go. We'll get him on. Right let's, let's get him on. He'll come we'll on. Get him on at some point. And then Joe Shaw as well, who coaches the skills. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about Saracens and just throwing it out there. What a team at the minute! The way they're playing, they attacked All Blacks esque, as you said. Uh, and not many people can have the fortune of being labelled that good. Yeah, you saw in that first half against Toulon. That's. The best half of rugby, you know, again, that I've watched and definitely been a part of. And then against Scarlets at the weekend. Yeah, so at the Scarlets at the weekend, I wouldn't say we were 100%. Mac has tried, let's talk about that. Yeah. Try. Which one? Go talk through it, I can't remember. Oh my God. You played. <laughs> Matt was absolutely he's dummy he's gone through oh yeah, yeah he scored yeah, that, that. yeah he scored, yeah, he scored that yeah he I did say Macos try I don't, yeah, I don't know no, I, don't, I can't remember am I speaking French or? <laughs> I can't no, remember if he scored that but all I know I'll tell you Nick Tompkins hey what a lad hey he was out the night before on a date a Tinder date Tinder and date, I did yes. ask him before I came on the show I said Matt I've got to mention it he got called, literally got called in he was 24th 25th man uh, Tinder date the night before I won't say he's absolutely steaming because Kev Sorrell was listening. <laughs> uh, but one successful of them. Tinder date? He said it was very successful. He just oh, grinned at me. So, yeah, so he, he's, he's what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Is so. Tinder big in the team? When, when you, especially when you're touring and you know the, you get a fresh batch of uh, people to, to match up with when you're touring. No I've, I've travelled around Europe. I know no what it's idea. like. Listen, listen, Jim's happily married. I know. I know. I'm not with saying kids. that Jim is Jim gets on the Tinder, but I'm saying that maybe the oh, team. It's a it's a big thing. Oh, mate, he I, knows I, what's I, going do on. You know what, do you know what? I used to love it at Wasps, right? Now the Wasp boys when we were in London, they're all, all the young single lads. They're all on Tinder. They're all Which ones? A... Name drop a few. <laughs> <laughs> they're not single now. Okay, maybe <laughs> this is then. a story. So they're all, we're all in uh, Wasps, training, acting, and they'd be out in London just fucking match, matching every anyone and everyone. Um, and I just used to sit there and just think, listen, lads, you know all these girls that you're matching. 
they're all doing the same. The, you know, your match, you've got six Tinder dates this week. You know, do you think each girl is just having you as a date? Oh, like, Christ, you sound like my mom. Well, no, Joe Simpson would be like, <laughs> listen, Joe Simpson would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Name drop one. Joe Simpson would be like, yeah, mate, you know, she's only got, she's only me. That's it. He goes, but I've got five or six going away, blah, blah, blah. Carries on. Anyway, we sat there one day having lunch. Two of the boys are messaging the same bird at Tinder, but they didn't know about it. Uh, anyway, so we started getting involved. They arranged a date and we all rock up there. A few of us rock up there. And they realised the web of Tinder is actually quite small. Anyway, so obviously with the move from Worcester, Co- moving up to Coventry. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> you're not talking anything. <laughs> the Coventry <laughs> ladies, they yeah. love yeah. a swipe. So yeah. they, all, they, all, exactly. <laughs> they all got birds in London and tried to move them up to, uh, to Coventry with them. So uh, tin- the Tinder game at Wasps is officially dead. So up in it was Tinder love. So that's why they're not on Tinder anymore. They've, they found their... The loved ones on, on Tinder? Is or just the realisation of their moving to Coventry and um, there's not much in there, is it, Jim? No, there isn't. But for all you young rugby playing lads who listen out there, maybe your parents won't agree with this, but if you want to have a man of the match performance in the Champions Cup <laughs> the night before you have a game, <laughs> maybe not, hopefully not a school game, what you need alleged. to be slightly older, get yourself on Tinder like young Nick Tompkins, <laughs> man of the match, next England centre. I'll there tell you, you what, whenever I worked in the press office at London Irish, Tinder was massive among players. Big Mikey Mayhew. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I played with Richie, I played with Richie up in Newcastle oh. as well. Mm. And they were those two were relentless. Lads, they? we shouldn't yeah. be name dropping. <laughs> name anyone. No, wait, we're right. Hey, Mako <laughs> Vonapola. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw anyone out there. Yeah. Anyone under the bus? Here we go. Goody, you, you've been watching uh, and covering a lot of the games so far, two, two rounds in. What, what have you made of it? Uh, I, it's well, it's absolutely amazing what a tournament um, you know you talk about the big teams you talk about Saracen's favourites um, starting off away at Toulon absolutely outstanding backing it up against Saracen's uh, against Scarlet sorry as well two from two Claremont their performance away at Exeter um, was just phenomenal they've backed that up against Bordeaux uh, two wins from two but Connacht as well uh, going so so badly at times in that what's that league they're playing Pro 12, oh, we, the Pro 12? We, we were bagging that but to be fair it was Pro 12. Actually, um, pretty good. anyway they've come back from beating uh, you know come back from behind against Toulouse and, and had a good win at the sports ground uh, gone over to Zebra hammered them but, which brings me on to Zebra who you know and I sit there now watching it and any team that's in the competition when the draw comes out you're praying and hoping for an Italian team because you know it's guaranteed 10 points from the two games you're at least talking about maybe a best runner up for me we're getting Conor O'Shea coming on the phone later. There's no place for Italian teams in the Champions Cup. They qualify. One, one team qualifies by default because they have to be in it. And it it just it lowers the standard. Wasp beat them by, what was it, 82-14. It just makes, it devalues them being in the competition. And yeah, but isn't that kind of backward thinking and, and not developing the, the game in Italy? Like They need it. They need yeah, teams in the competition. So, so make them competitive in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, look at NSI. Now, you've got no idea what I've just said there, have you? I've no idea what you're saying. Right, NSI, Russian team. Uh, they're two from two in the Challenge Cup. They've beaten Worcester Warriors in Russia. And they've also beaten the Dragons, uh, you know, in Russia as well. And Dragons aren't great. But, um, you know, you talk about developing a team and, and, and developing the rugby. Play them in competitive fixtures against Challenge Cup teams where maybe some of the English teams rest a few players. I know Worcester rested a few and sent some of the young kids out to, to, to Russia to gain some experience. But... There's no place for a team like Zebra for me at the minute in the Champions Cup. But even if you um, look at Zebra's record in the Pro 12, I mean, they've had eight yellow cards in the last five games. They've lost five from five, missed 88 tackles in five games. I mean, that's a shocking record. 
Great stats. Oh, really good stats. I mean, well done. Listen, this is meant okay. to be good fun. Your ITH <laughs> missed tackles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ESP. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen yeah. you te- text me before a game at the weekend when I'm doing Sky or, or BT Sport or something. That, yeah. They're good stats, but not for a podcast. Right, there's, nothing, right, there's nothing wrong with you. If, you're, if anyway. you're interested in knowing their points difference, no, so yeah, far, go, on. go on. Go on. 160. <laughs> Boom. There we go. But anyway, big three. Wasps obviously doing well. Got a draw yesterday. Um, slightly biased towards them because I, I had a great time at the club. Um, you know, they did well to get the draw in the last minute. Jimmy Gopeth, what a conversion from the touchline. Mm, he has got bowels of steel, that bloke. Um, and he also trades currency. Bowels of steel. Bowels of steel. I've never heard that before. Oh, bells. Sorry, good. He was just about to plug on. Sorry. Jimmy Gopeth balls also. Of, balls, balls of steel. steel. He's got balls of steel. Uh, anyway, Jimmy Gopeth, great bloke, also trades his FX currency with worldwide currencies, which is where <laughs> I'm now working. Email me if you want to do an international payment, andy.good at worldwidecurrencies.com. And there we go. So off the back of Andy Good <laughs> plugging himself there, I just saw him he just popped to the toilet before we came in. He said, oh, I said, oh, my guts are in pieces. <laughs> no, they're not. What are you going in? I said, how come? He's been on a juicing diet this week. He's done a five-day five day detox. Last week. Last Actually, week. Last week. Yeah. Real, on a juicing real, diet. Real story. What was it then? Come on, talk to five us. Days, yeah. Five days. Five juices a day. Anything else? No, just that and water. Straight juice and water? Straight coffee? juice. So, so Bliss, the company that did it for me, send you, send you 25 juices for five days. Obviously, spread them out during the day. Actually, they were very tasty. And what are you looking to achieve? I, but what I did achieve, or what I was looking to achieve? But give us both. I was looking to lose some weight. Goody, the, the thing, the thing about you and why people like you is because you're a beer drinking, pie yes. eating, yes, a little bit, yes, strong, yes. looking um, lad. Not, not strong. <laughs> <laughs> Happy but, but go you, lucky, you, So yeah, losing I, credibility. Is what I'd I'm looked saying. to myself on TV, did a bit of a media. I looked to myself and just thought, no, you need, you need to. I need to come back, bring it back to, to reality. So you, look, you look great, mate. So I lost six kilos. And why did I do it? Because what was day six? An all day at the races with Mike Tyndall, Here Ian Bolshaw, <laughs> James Simpson, Daniel. So you do five days of prep for an all day, and it was a great day as well. Yeah. So there we, there we go. Lost six kilos, put on about seven at the races. And <laughs> so I'm plus one. <laughs> oh, well done. Sound. Are there um, any, any chance of a comeback, maybe? We, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but you know, you, you've lost a lot of weight. Have you had any calls from uh, any, any prospective teams, maybe, to get you, back in the, get you back out there? I might have had one. Bristol's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bristol did get in contact. Um, I said, we like what that juicing diet's doing yeah. for you. No, no, this was, pre, oh, this, God, was, looking good, this was pre-juicing. This, pre-juicing. Pre-juicing. Uh, yeah, they obviously two CPCs out for three months. and uh, Like for like replacement? Um, I think we're probably the same weight, but his is a lot better weight than mine, I'd say. <laughs> um, his skill level's way better than mine. Uh, but I can kick a ball. Anyway, could. Um, so Bristol made inquiries. Andy Robinson, not so much. Uh, yeah, so that, that, what do you that, mean they made inquiries? What, well, they just what? phoned my agent up and said, would he be interested in coming out of retirement? Um, does it interest him? And I said, does it match my Newcastle experience? They said no. I said no. Happy days. Move on. It's going to cost you, Bristol's, if you're listening. <laughs> Robbo. What's rele- what does relegation cost a team these days? This is, that, 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 there's not, the point. I've, I have never mingled down there, you know. <laughs> flirted with, flirted down there. I might be. You never know. What are you doing? What? <laughs> <laughs> when? Anything for us, Jim? What? 
any news? Any, you know, obviously. No, it's all secret. Now, Maro Toji, broken hand, fractured hand, whatever. He's out. George, You're going to get some game time now. Oh, he is. LV Cup's coming up as well. Big Jim. Yeah. Um, Big no, Jim in the hoose. I think I'm getting a couple of weeks rest to regen the body. I've been involved in every game. I know, mate. Grafting. I know. It's just what I do. But we're obviously in dire straits. We've got Kelly Brown potentially packed down with me. So forget Kratoji. Bramelton. Bramelton. Bramelton coming to the throw. So, <laughs> so Vern Cotter, if you're listening, you could, hey, you there could be a renaissance. Oh, the Autumn Internationals are coming up. You've been dominating for four minutes every yeah, game. I'm not bothered about the... I, yeah, I don't want to play... You're uh, not bothered the, about Scotland again, though. No, not Southern Hemisphere teams. I ain't playing against them. Who, who have Scotland got? I don't even know who they've, they've got. They've got Australia, South Africa and Tonga. <laughs> I think New Georgia. Zealand. Georgia. Georgia. That's three defeats. No. No, they beat the Jordans. No. They, they were good against Leicester, weren't they? Glasgow. That's a couple of weeks ago, yeah, no. yeah. If we could just look quickly back at um, the French teams that have been performing, they, ha- they haven't been going that great, have they? What's, what's been going on with that? Because well, they, they're usually like the, the, the teams I to be watching. Casted well against Northampton at the weekend. Um, Northampton, go but Northampton, yeah, poor. Why have you, you sacked Alex? Northampton, why have you sacked Alex King? He's a quality young coach. Who, he was nearly uh, appointed by England, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he turned them down. Yeah, and they, you blamed it. Oh, we need to change it up, blame our attack. They're just getting hammered every week physically. I mean, you, have yeah. you, you boys, no, yeah, we hammered them in the Phys- of the physically uh, up front. They're you know they've they've rested on their laurels from where they were a few years ago when they won the Premiership. They've only really signed Pickamore. No additions to the back line. You know, I mean, getting rid of Alex King, who's one of the best up and coming young coaches, was a, a massive mistake. Yeah. And that he was a scapegoat. So they they go to cast and get absolutely humped. Yeah. Um, no, that's not down to their attack, is it? That's down to their forwards and their. Yeah. But it's just, you just look with the French stuff, just typical French, isn't it? To lose, obviously not travelling that well, not not playing that well, really, even in the top 14. Uh, apart from Clermont. Clermont class. Mm. Yeah, I mean, their class. I mean, they're, A commentator they're, on their game at the weekend against Bordeaux. Yeah. Gee, David Strettle, did anyone see his try? Yeah, he's an unbelievable player. Stretch 32, 33 stretch. Any other winger in the world scores that, and all black scores that. Yeah. Best try you've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, uh, little chip and off, off his shin. Mate, he's, he's an unbelievable awesome player. Dave player. Tip my hat to you, you're dominating over there. Yeah, Border yep. Border look okay in, in some parts, like they're well drilled with Joe Worsley there. I mean, Rassin against Leicester. Oh, they were awful, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I was I did I was chatting for BT Sport yesterday and it was just I didn't understand their tactics. You've got Joe Rockathoko on one wing, one him off on the other wing, Bruce Dillon at fullback, yeah. Houston at thirteen, you've got some quality attacking threats there. First half Obviously, the Racing coaches watched Leicester the week before against Glasgow. Leicester got done all around the guard, pick-and-go area, around the breakdown. Um, that's where they got penetrated low, a lot by Glasgow. So what do Racing come and do in the first half? Oh, that's where we're going to attack. What would Leicester have done all week? Mm-hmm. Pick-and-go. They'd have just def- worked on their defence from the breakdown, plugged all those holes... And Rassin think, yes, this is the way we beat a list. But if you've got Daniel Carter at first five, doesn't he call the shots? Should what? do. Well, it didn't look like it yesterday. It looked like uh, Machino but this nine. Is the thing. Him, we it, both yeah. played in France, right? And this is my biggest bugbear about French rugby sometimes And when I played over there. In most teams in the world, the 10 runs the show in terms of the attack and where you want the ball to go. You know, we played, you know, Farrell must dominate at yeah, Saracens. Um I tried to do that when I played, uh, and I hate talking about when I played, but I tried to do it because I couldn't do much else. I could tell people what to do, but I couldn't run. Um, 
you go and play in France and it's the nine that dominates everything. How can the nine see where the space is when he's got his head buried in the ruck trying to get the ball out? And Machineau was doing that for Racing at the weekend. They're just going to pick and go again. When they put a bit of width on it in the second half, Husson made a couple of breaks just before half-time. There was one as well and, you know, tactically... They were inept. You, um, you, you think if they were good, if, if they were actually well drilled with the stuff that they can do off the cuff, they'd be brilliant. In the final, actually, they, they, they looked tactically like they were on board, but away from home. And I just touch on Leicester quickly because, how good. mate. But they've been. This is the thing that they're good when they revert to type. Yeah. When they get their scrum, when they get their their maul and their physical and their old school, they're, they're at the best. It was an old school Leicester exactly European performance. Uh, but you know, you look at the week before. And they're playing this wide, wide game. They're getting turned over after got bullied, four. They got yeah. bullied at Glasgow, didn't they? Did. Yeah, they did. So I, I don't know. We've got them this weekend, um, and I'm sure it'll be a tough game. We hammered them last time at our place. It's set piece, semi final, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, semi final, and in the season we went there, and and they were big on the set piece. So I'm sure it's going to be tough this week. Quick score prediction for you, mate. I don't want to predict the score. It's going to be tough. Twenty points to nineteen to us. <laughs> Full of absolute garbage. <laughs> right, if Bramilton are in there, it could be forty points to us. <laughs> to the oh, no. <laughs> So, it, I mean, reviewing it now, I mean, the, 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 the teams to sort of look out for moving forward. Who are the who are the teams that you think are, are probably the ones that are going to be featuring at the end of the season? Uh, so you can't look past Saracens at the minute. To be fair, um, so dominant in the Premiership and obviously two from two. That win away at Toulon was great. Uh, Claremont. Two from two again, dominated down at Exeter a couple of weeks ago. They've got back-to-back against Ulster in December. That'll be tough, but you expect Claremont to win that group and, and, and Wasps. Um, I know they only, it was only Zebra and they're ripped them to shreds, but they get a draw away at Toulouse. They've got back-to-back games against Connacht who are two from two. That's what excites me now, to see which way that group goes. Um, going to the sports ground is a tough place to go over in, um, over in Connacht and um, you know, looking forward to that. But they're the, they're the big, big three for me, Wasps, Saracens, Claremont. Who do you think will come out of Group 1? Group 1, well, it's tough now, isn't it? Racing, Leicester, Glasgow, Munster. Munster, you know, we haven't touched on the, the Anthony Foley situation. Yeah. Um, you know, so sad to see for everyone involved in Munster and Irish rugby. Um, world rugby as well, because yeah. he was an absolute legend. Um, but, you know, what a performance that was for Munster at the weekend. And all Especially the emotion. 14 men. Yeah, I mean, Keith Earls yeah. lost his head and yeah. uh, it was a red card uh, as much as... Who was the Glasgow... Was it the hooker? Yeah. that tucked his head and Keith Earls is calling him a cheat and effing yeah. and blind as he goes off we don't want to see that but um, there's so much emotion around yeah that I mean yeah. what what a place Turman Park could have been at the weekend yeah. um, you know the atmosphere there it's always great but um, you know in in paying their respects to Anthony Foley Munster were absolutely outstanding it was you know it was so chuffed for everyone involved yeah. because that's what you know it could have gone either way the emotions could have got on top of them in a different way and um, you know Glasgow didn't turn up Mainly because Munster were absolutely. I, I think. I think for Glasgow it is a difficult one. You know, you're damned if you do and damned if you yeah, don't. Um, true. You know, so, so it, it, it's a really hard week for everyone. And from my point of view, with with Foley passing away, I, I found it really, really touching. To be fair, hmm. um, you know, I've played against him before, like the back in the day, and obviously loosely met the guy. But you can see the whole rugby world came together and um, you know celebrated his life hmm. and what he'd given to the game. And you know, actually watched the game. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was Munster versus Beer Ritz, and they were oh, the showing final. on the SBN. Yeah. Oh yeah, and when he, he lift, and like I'm not his just, face when they lifted the when mate, he lifted the trophy. And he, had, and he had his um, son on the pitch. It was yeah. just it's just unbelievable to think. He'd about have been smiling. Axel would have been smiling, looking down, smiling on on Saturday at Munster. But also, you think about you talk about the whole rugby world. Leinster as well. Did you see what they did before the game? Minute silence. They all had a red shirt on number eight. An axle on it. 
It was a great touch. I was yeah. going to say that obviously there was a lot going on around the Munster team, but in your team in Saracens, were, was that talked about during the week? Was there emotion when you guys were heading into games? Yeah, there was, and we touched on it again today about, I mean, I think Mark McCall and Phil Morrow, the performance director, they're from Ulster, and I think you know the whole Irish kind of rugby fraternity um, had a big connection uh, to, to what happened and, and we spoke about today the importance of making sure that we're coming to work and that we're smiling and that we're enjoying it we don't lose sight of you know w- what we're doing in life and that winning games isn't the be all and end all and you know sometimes when you're in work or sometimes even, you know when you're playing rugby you just go week on week and it can be a grind so one of the things that Mark spoke about in the, in the meeting today was just to make sure that we're smiling and we're enjoying what we're doing and we're happy I don't know you talk about work Rugby, I tell you now, I'm in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> rugby is not work, mate. Rugby is enjoyment. Uh, the real world is after rugby. But like, even from a, a fan's perspective, job. I mean, I remember whenever Nevin Spence died, and I mean, I never yeah, met the guy, but I'm well. a huge Ulster fan, yeah. and the whole rugby world came together and sort of showed solidarity. It was really, actually, really touching. So, you know, you can really relate to that. Yeah, definitely. And, and um, someone I'm sure that's got a few things to say about um, the passing of Anthony Foley is, is Connor O'Shea, who um, we've got on the on the phone at the moment. Um, Connor, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, fellas. Hey, Connor. It's Jim. Hey, guys. How are you, mate? How's Italy? I, to you. I didn't, didn't think I'd be talking to you from Rome. <laughs> <laughs> How is Rome? 27, 27. Ah, oh, listen to him. He's got the lingo <laughs> down. How's the, mate, you're getting sunburned on there, are you, with your pasty skin? I, I, I still like bring the sun cream this time, so uh, I think we're going to be 27 degrees at this time of year. <laughs> How are you settling there? And, and uh, you know, obviously looking forward to the autumn internationals. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Like, it's, it's been unusual, Goody, because you, you kind of spend so long being used to having that day-to-day contact with people, and then it suddenly you don't have that. Now you're kind of back, and you've, you've got everyone in, and it's kind of a question of of holding yourself back that you don't try and get everyone to get the information overload you know uh, Brendan you, you know Brendan Venter has joined us uh, now and uh, you know hopefully he can bring a bit you know the additional temperament to the to the party over here in the, in the way we think about things over here and you know trying to trying to rein him back because he wants to do everything at once as well you know him well yeah. uh, but it's exciting I'm just you know it's just nice to have the, the guys around we, I know the challenge uh, we all know the challenge we know the Things that have to change over here, but um, having lived here now for a few months and seeing the sheer playing numbers and the number of young guys, it's not going to be something that happens overnight. And you know, I think you were talking about um, uh, you know Anthony just just there, and uh, you know we want to show some pictures actually to the to the squad today, and you know what Munster looked like when Anthony started playing, and what Munster looks like now, and. Um, it's up to you know the, the, the legacy that you leave behind. You know, be felt for years. You know, the young players go into Munster nowadays, and they see a 15 million pound training centre, and they see Bowman Park the way it is. And some of us are old enough to to remember the way it used to be. But yeah. the young players now take it for granted, and uh, that's that's what the people of the past history and God, I, I find it very hard emotionally to to look at the game to just even think about uh, what happened. To need to be you know be honest, I was. I'll be on the couch watching the Munster Glasgow game and I, I I cried, which I don't do, but I did, and I think my wife was saying that. But I just just the whole the whole occasion, the whole made me very proud to uh, to be Irish, just even looking at it, but to to suffer the loss of someone as an unbelievable a person as he was, 
uh, is uh, you know, it's not worth you know not worth the occasion, but uh, it was a fitting way to say goodbye to him. Yeah, yeah it certainly wasn't. Obviously, you, know, you talk about that with 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 Axel and the way that Munster team all the way leading up to 2006 had the heartbreak of losing games and finals and semis and everything um, and now you talk about where Munster are in terms of their development of the facilities That's all. that all came from Axel and, and that team that kind of set the way for Munster and, and the spirit going forward didn't it? Yeah absolutely and uh, you know the reason I showed the guys over here was because you know we have to do something different no point us talking about winning World Cups or uh, that's the police if you can hear that in the background coming to arrest me um, but uh, the, you know, it's it's about us trying to do something and start that sort of thing. I, I, we all know the changes need to be made, but you go around this country and you see the facilities, even sheer numbers of young people, but they need to change here um, and actually become really professional. And that's you know, there's so many people with so much goodwill, there's so many people that actually have a huge amount of ability and it ain't going to happen in a day or a night. And there's going to be some you know, tough times within us, but if people are willing to make the change, um, you have the physical specimen you have, and it's just too commercial and big a country for for rugby not to succeed here. So whatever part I can play in, in doing that, you know, I, I intend to do to the best of my ability and, and hopefully leave something behind that uh, in years to come, uh, people can, can say that, you know, we, we started to make that difference. How quickly that will, that will take, I don't know, but... Um, you know, hopefully, with myself, Mike, Brendan, uh, we can bring a different, uh, you know, different outlook on in how things are done, and that we can cascade that down into other places and, and start impacting them in different ways. So, in terms of for all our listeners, um, in terms of the actual setup there now, uh, where does how, how does Mike Cat and, and, and Brendan Venter fit into your kind of working as a team there? Well, very, very importantly, you know, I've got Marius Houston in here as well, just to help from Trevisho, and he's been brilliant, you know, to, to help because <clears throat> my Italian is uh, a lot better than it was. But there's a long way, a long way to go. Hopefully, in a few years' time, I'll be good. I think my kids are already out speaking me. Um, and uh, you, you, Mike, with the attack-minded, but uh, I won't be ashamed to say, and I, you know, the way I like to see the game and play, but you also play with what you've got, and you play with the fitness of what you've got, and we're going to make sure that we are unbelievably hard to play against. That's the first thing I want to do. And, um, you know, the traditional uh, thing of, of the Italian side blowing themselves out after 50, 60 minutes, we're not going to look to play a game we can't play. Um, we'll conserve our energy. We'll build our fitness. We'll <laughs> make sure that we get to the right parts of the pitch to play the game. And, uh, and, and we'll go from there. So we'll build from the bottom up. Uh, because it's what we have to do. If we try and take the All Blacks or England or South Africa on at a game uh, of sevens, we will lose and we'll lose big. So we ain't going to do that. And uh, we're going to become difficult to play against. So <clears throat> you with Chicho, Jean-Pierre Riccardi, who's been here for the last couple of years, and uh, he gives that continuity, I think, that every coaching group needs. Uh, we'll make sure we have a good set piece with Brendan, uh, I want us to be unbelievably well organised defensively. Uh, so, you know, we're trying this out over this month to see does the relationship work both ways because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good commitment from him, but he still has other commitments. So he will just be a defensive consultant for us coming in when we have camps, coming in when we have competition times. Uh, and then you've got Mike's attacking ability uh, and, and making sure, the likes of Carlo Canna, we get to the right parts of the pitch. We've got some good players here. So, 
oh, Dooley, I could literally offload to you the things that need to be done in terms of trying to improve our depth, trying to improve the structures, trying to improve the throughput of young players, what sort of young players are coming through. I know the people will be unbelievably cynical. Um, and I said that to the players this morning. You can be cynical. So, you know, here's another coach saying the same old things that you've heard time and again and nothing ever changes. So we have to show change. Um, and we have to demonstrate that to the players. But then I think we can lead the change. So this is a little, a little silo, a little group that has to kind of change their mentality and what we do. And nice, easy, uh, an easy fixture against the All Blacks to, you know, to kick it all off. So you, you, you're saying you don't need me as a fitness coach or a kicking coach then? <laughs> yeah. No, well, you know, kick it. Always room for you as a kicker. <laughs> a quick question on, obviously, um, what's happened with Zebra for the first two games of the, the Champions Cup. And yeah, I'm not going to brush away from the fact that they've got an absolute hammering in both games. Do you, as the no. head guy at Italian Rugby now, do you think they'd be better served playing the Challenge Cup uh, and being more competitive and learning that way? Because, you know, the Wasp performance, you know, Wasps are outstanding and then obviously Connacht go over there uh, and put 50 on them as well. Are they learning enough that in that environment or should they be playing the Challenge Cup where they can be more competitive? Uh, I think the rules are the rules. And until they change, you get the, you get the team that's up into the, into, the, into the Champions Cup and they play. And, you know, it was unbelievably disappointing to have the, the fellas come in on the back of the two games they've had because, you know, the week before, so 33-28 against Glasgow, the week before, you know, a loss to Glasgow, the week before that it was... Uh, 23-21 against uh, Cardiff, you know, lost so like close games and competitive games, and uh, to to do and to play, it's just not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the to to concede the eighty points, it wasn't through lack of effort. You still saw people; they just every time uh, they turned the ball over, was for scoring for fun, and then they got very sorry for themselves very quickly to get their yellow cards. Uh, I'm not going to get into the where they should be playing all I know is they need to become more and more confident the rules are the rules you stick to them until they're changed yeah. but then from our point of view we need players how do you break the cycle of negativity and of losing you win <laughs> Right, Connor well thank you so much for joining us really appreciate your time and uh, best of luck with the Autumn Internationals uh, especially against the ABs you're probably going to need it um, and yeah yeah. good luck uh, moving forward with this team and uh, changing the culture um, not just with the Italian team but the the whole uh, the rugby set up over there which is, uh, seems like you're well on your way to doing cheers Connor yeah cheers cheers Connor, man. cheers fellas good to hear you take care um, so guys we've got a couple of questions from some of the listeners Facebook and Twitter and so on so this one's from Patrick and he says uh, what do you guys think of the barbarians as a tradition um, and have you got any uh, have you heard or been involved in any stories Jim you were out in Hong Kong uh, <laughs> Paddy do you know something I'm big gonna, fella I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stick a sweet in now and just listen to Jim okay so the Barbarians, I've been lucky enough to tour twice. The first one... Uh, <laughs> the first one was... Uh, Here we go. <laughs> well, I was a youngster, and Bobby Skinstad was the tour captain, and we uh, played Scotland up in Edinburgh before I realised I was Scottish. Um, a great night out, so that's when I turned Scottish, was after that night out. Uh, we got heavily defeated uh, by 40 points. Well, Scotland, we had a, we had Scotland a, won a game. Scotland won a game, And it yeah. wasn't against Romania. Uh, or Georgia. There we go. I actually put a grubber through in that game. And then we uh, got on the plane and went to Georgia, Tbilisi of all places. Now, not to, you know, that's a, a story for another day because obviously we want to hear about the more recent one, which was the, the Lions. And we actually played England the week before. Die Young was the coach, uh, tearing his hair out, not that he had Great much. Great bloke, Die Young. Oh, he was a top boy. Top bloke. Top boy. 
he weren't too top in Hong Kong when the boys had been sweating. Don't yeah, be sweating there. Yeah, they? been on Humidity. the steam. So I mean, it was a star-studded team, and I'm probably going to miss a few people out. I was that drunk for the majority of it. But Joe Rocker Goslow was playing. Uh, we had Sa- <laughs> yeah, we had Samu Manoa, uh, Khan Fotualini, uh, Jim the Gooser. We had an unbelievable team. So you thought there's a chance we could run uh, the Lions close or even give them the game. So we've had 40 points put on us against England. I started that game, got handed off by David Wilson. He'd ran 50 metres and missed about eight tackles. Big Davey. Yeah, I had, I had shoulder surgery three let's weeks not, before. Hey, listen, let's not worry about the game. Let's hear about what happened before the game. <laughs> okay. so In London. So oh, Dai Young wasn't very happy with the way that we performed against England because, the, you know, in all seriousness, the traditions of the, the Lions were starting, not to become a laughing stock, but ultimately we're becoming less competitive. Unless the Barbars. The Barbars. Yeah. Unless they filled up the team with a load of Kiwis, the minute they put any European players in there, Sergio Parise was there, Martin Castro Giovanni, who likes a drink. Um, was he? Yeah, yeah, he was doing the fountain on the, in business class on the way there. <laughs> um, with his Nike Air Jordans on the back of someone's chair. So we've landed in uh, Hong Kong and it is boiling. Mm. Like I'm talking, you know, it's 30 degrees, it's 40 degrees, it's 50 degrees. Humidity, it's just Humidity. making you sweet as So we're you sweating away. like mad. First night we get there, we head to... Uh, bananas Joe Bananas or somewhere in Hong Kong in Wan Chai where there's a bell that you ring so every time the, ra- the bell gets rang the bell got what? yeah the bell yeah the bell oh, got right. rang his bell. bell got rang and Joe Rocagoso rings the bell next thing the guy behind the bar stands on the bar is pouring vodka and everyone's, everyone's got their mouths open it's like literally getting vodka pouring all, all over your face uh, we're training the next day Mike Tindall the coach nothing planned straight Auckland grid so we're doing a straight Auckland, Auckland grid training session over uh, so Dai Young brings us in and says look lads you know we need to take this game seriously you know it's obviously it's a huge exhibition match I think HSBC's sponsored it a, a load of money and um, we didn't want to make a fool out of ourselves so I don't want to undermine anyone here but you wanted an honest story Patrick so I'm giving you an honest story uh, or is it um, yeah, here we go so then we had a night out of the races uh, we had Yashvili and Imanol Hardnordiki who were great blokes um, Chevelle was this, when, was this when so, they, this was this is when they said we can't go out. Ban. We, so we want to take this seriously. So then you're like, oh yeah, okay, uh, we're going to go for a night out at the races. So not out of the races, but we're not allowed to drink because the boys have been drinking for the last three or four days on the plane over out in London. Um, so we didn't drink at the races. We we're at Happy Valley, and while we were there, uh, there was an opening of a new bar somewhere in Hong Kong, and we all got invited there. There's a bell on the roof. <laughs> Joe Rockagoko go slow Joe Rocker go slow is swinging off the bell ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling next thing mouths open there's vodka everywhere 7 o'clock in the morning we rock through pick up the moulded boots another Auckland grid no scrums then Moldies. no scrums no line outs we're going old school luckily the team gets named Dies like yeah Jim I don't think you're quite ready to play against the Lions didn't play that well against England struggling with shoulder you're on the bench I literally could have hugged him and said that's the best news I've ever heard so um, we have a night off night before the game there's a load of stuff in the media saying that the game's potentially going to be cancelled because of the heat and the humidity it's dangerous for the team to be played it was actually in the paper so Joe Rocker goes slow Simon Manoa come in Casey la 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 who what a quality player he is come in there think, lad, lads night before the game think the game's cancelled does anyone want to go out and get a bit of a bite to eat I'm like mate there's no chance if there's a slight smidge of the game's on I get three minutes I need to get into bed now Next thing, wake up in the morning. Um, I think they've had a later night. I think they've had a bit of food, some glasses of wine. 
ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, ringing the bell, the vodka. <laughs> Game. Samu Manoa, his eyes are literally, mate, redder than your head when it's been burnt, Goody. They are so red, it's unbelievable. Playing against the Lions in the warm-up, you can see we are dying. The Lions are primed. Like our mates with Richie Gray, who was on there, and they're looking lean, they're looking fit, they're looking angry. And we're there, absolutely hanging. Does Richie Gray know your mates? Or is that just yeah, we swapped shirts. Yeah, we swapped okay. shirts yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. I helped, helped him develop into the player that he is. That's what he said. <laughs> and then ultimately got 50 points put on us, um, which is quite sad, really. So mm. it's quite funny and it's quite sad in a way. Um, as I said, the Barbars normally perform well when they're full of Kiwis, like you know when they played England a couple of years ago mm. as well. But it's difficult now because rugby, them old school traditions, which me and Andrew Good obviously love and that's a big part of why we play the game seem to slowly be subsiding naturally because of the way that the game's moving on but that bar bar still has that element of it and as I say the Kiwis can operate drinking seven days a week and going out playing because they're naturally gifted you might think that I've opened up Broca Coco and uh, Sammy Manoa and Casey La 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 but they were <laughs> three la, of the la, best La 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 they were three of the best players on the pitch <laughs> anyway so they've gone and done that and they were absolutely unbelievable uh, Coach Mike Tyndall on the other hand the old Auckland grid man <laughs> <laughs> so Coach Mike no wonder you're not coaching now Hey. Well, those boys might make it when we get to the uh, latter stages of the Filthy 15. But have you guys uh, got a flanker? We've, uh, named, we've named the type five so far. Um, now we're on to the loose forwards. Filthy 15, a bloke that you'd probably want in there if you're on tour. Well, you talk about tours and you talk about drinking and you talk about decent culture and someone that can have a good impact on the field or a great impact on the field, but also an even bigger impact off it as well. Um, and I had the pleasure of uh, getting to know George Smith at times throughout my career. Um, it started off in, uh, I'm going back to, it had been 1999. Uh, it was the Under-21s World Cup uh, when George had his dreadlocks with the same age. Uh, we played Australia in, like the, I think it was something like the seventh or eighth place playoff or something like that. And we went out that night in, uh, in Auckland together, a few boys, and uh, you know he pushed the pace all the way through. I think we saw about nine o'clock in the morning, last day of the tour, um, decent trip you go full circle uh, see him again throughout your career he's playing for Australia I was watching England um, <laughs> as opposed to playing um, and then you know he ends up at Wasps and had a few good nights out with him uh, in London uh, and he was someone that really you watch him as a player and he had a phenomenal career 100 odd tests for Australia and he was at Wasps last year dominating there yeah, he always loved a beer at the weekend and always play a game and he'd, he'd have time to go out and enjoy himself. He's not scared of... Um, Tinder. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> He's not a Tinder person. He just likes a drink. Uh, proper player on the field, proper player off it as well. So uh, he's going to get my vote to be in the Filthy 15. George Smith. Sounds like a good bloke to have a beer with, uh, but is he as filthy as Jim Hamilton's Nowhere flanker? Near. Nowhere near. I'm talking about the filthiest player. Oh dear. Gallybrun. Luke Narraway. Oh, oh no. The relegator. <laughs> the, re- Luke, the recycler. Luke Narraway's the relegator. Got Perpignan relegated. Goes to Irish. Gets them relegated. Got <laughs> well, him. I tell you, take, take him on a night out. He will recycle anything that goes. So I have to be careful about how much detail that I go in here. But good lad. Private school. He sounds like he's from private school. Naz, are you posh, posh boy? Not that it matters. Yeah. So a couple of nights out with Luke. Came on my stag do. Leading the charge. Um, we're heading to Vegas this summer for his stag do. But we were out after, after, actually after the fateful London-Irish game, Gloucester-London-Irish, I was captain that day. There was a bit of an altercation. Oh, you got filled in, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I got filled in. Went went viral. And we've gone out. We've Pace, had an, was it Pacey filled you in? Yeah, David Pace filled me in. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh no. Went back a few times. Huh? Get separated. Went back a few yeah, times. Yeah, I know. It wasn't great for the advert. The commentary on there was was brilliant. It was so <laughs> passionate. Um, but Luke Narraway leading the charge. Um, he was the captain that season. I was the cap- that season. I was captain of that game. And we were out. And of all people that was out with us, Henry Carville, Superman, was out. And we went to a place called The Ship in London, prestigious place. Great Sunday session place. It's Sunday session, but what about the toilets? We talk about the toilets. There's one toilet Mm. for a thousand people. So everyone's urinated in uh, the the plastic cups. Yeah. Well, did you do that? Superman did that. Henry Carville did. (laughs) Of course he did. Uh, Of course he did. Why not? It was before the Superman film came out, actually. And then as he's literally about to pour his, his drink over into the river, Luke Narraway grabs it off him, chops it in one. We all ask him why you do that. And he said, I've just chopped Superman's urine. He actually said piss. So the recycler, so you want filthy, that's filthy. That's horrible though. Why would you drink another man's piss? He's the recycler. Why would you drink? Knowingly as well. Like if it's a prank or something. Like Luke Narraway. Luke, and you know that I can't talk about it on here, but you did something even worse. Oh, why can't you talk about it? We can't, just in case there's young listeners. Maybe off He's a wrong wrong on Luke He's filthy, filthy. But he's getting married now, he's changed. Mm. Yeah. He's got a dog and everything now. <laughs> God, he could be in the, the good, the bad, and the very ugly by the sounds of it as well. But Why yeah. would you drink another, a pint of another man's piss? <laughs> I don't know. Luke Narrow. That's why he's got stinking yellow teeth yeah. as well. Isn't it? <laughs> so on my stag do, on my stag do, everyone had to bring a vessel. So we had like obviously pots and pans, but he brought this antique kettle that he had. And because he'd obviously uh, acquired the name The Recycler, he kept weeing in the kettle. <laughs> he was drink- so he'd drink beer. Beer in the kettle, wee fell up. So it was just a constant flow. Constantly rehydrated. The recycler. He's a sick... Yeah, filthy. He's filthy. Filthy, man. And that's why we love him in our filthy 15. <laughs> Naz, please, please don't be annoyed. Take me to Vegas. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down to go. He has got pissed down yellow teeth and you see why now. <laughs> like a bag of chips. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's a flanker, I think. <laughs> George yeah. Smith would be uh, upset if he got put in in front of uh, Luke Narraway at the moment. I yeah. think uh, we'll stick with Luke Narraway. Luke Narraway, well done, Nas. Congratulations, no, Congratulations. There's, no, there's, no, there's no cred there for Narraway. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely ruined him. Yeah. All right, let's go to the good, the bad and the ugly on that note. Yeah, so the good, the bad and the ugly. But let's go to the good to start off with. You've got to go mentions to Jim Saracens, two from two in Europe, that victory over Toulon. Uh, first team to do it in the top tier of uh, championship, uh, Champions Cup rugby down in, uh, at the Stade Felix Mayo. Claremont as well. Absolutely outstanding. Connacht, two from two as well. NSI in Russia. I mentioned them earlier. You did. Two from two in the Challenge Cup. Beat Worcester over there. And then thump the Dragons as well. And you talk about the Pro 12. Let's go about Dragons. They're poor. And they've gone to Russia and got absolutely humped by NSI. Um, but we haven't mentioned them yet, have we? We've got a Kiwi in charge. You've got to mention the All Blacks for breaking the world test record mm. of 18 on, 18 on the spin, is it? Yeah, for a top uh, tier nation. top tier nation. Yeah. You know, it, I get bored of saying how good they are, but you, when you break a world record of, for consecutive victories, mm. England are having a go at the minute, aren't they? What are England at now? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine mm. we're at. Mm. So we go, we'll, we'll win all four autumn internationals. There's 13. Win the... Uh, Six Nations champion, the Grand Slam again, we were right up there. But all blacks, there's my good. Mm. They were fantastic at times um, against the Aussies. Um, so, yeah, there's the, there's the good. The bad. Let's start off. Michael Checker. What, oh, his, what a dick. What about his outburst? What an absolute bull. What bag. about his outburst? That's one thing, you know, he's gone on about 
the bugging incident again and the, the referee and all this stuff. Sour grapes everywhere. And a, and a cartoonist dressing him up as a clown well, on the national that's, paper. That's, that's part of it as well. So New Zealand media... That's a little bit disrespectful, isn't it? That was an Australian who did it. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was an Australian cartoonist working for the New Zealand media. There we go. Well, Last year, they did the same thing to McCaw. So I, I think, or in Australia, the Sydney Herald oh, dressed so him up why, as a so, grub. So why is he dry, why is he crying about it then? Oh, I Check it. I think it's quite good, isn't it? A bit of, yeah, a bit of banter. banter but then it? he's, it's sour grapes, isn't it, everywhere for him. You've been a bit precious. That is being precious. But then, yesterday, Sunday, Toulouse against Wasps. Anyone see this? Mm. You, you the, know I didn't watch you it. You talk about the bad. <laughs> anyway, Wasps defending for their lives at the end of the first half. Hold to lose up over the line. Celebrate as if they won the game. Prevent them from scoring the try. Go in at the break. I think it was 6-all. As Johan Maestri's walking off the field, going to, down the tunnel at half-time, he decides to push what he thinks is a Wasp water carrier in the back. It's not just a water carrier. Tries to push him over because this guy isn't particularly tall. But as soon as Johan Maestri pushes Dan Barr, oh my God, you've never seen anything like it. Dunbar, ex-Canadian back rower. Um, he was nearly going to go my my flanker for the filthy 15. Um, he's an absolute psychopath. Great, great bloke. Turns around, he's as, he's as wide as he is tall. Johan Maestri, six foot six, whatever he is. Typical French, spineless. Goes for a cheap shot. Pushes what he thinks is the water carrier. Dunbar turns around and he's ready to go. He's like, oh, fuck you up, man. Crazy Canadian comes out and him, and you see a bit of a brawl on the pitch. No punches were thrown, but just something we don't want to see. So Johan Maestri, you're going down as my bad. I mentioned to Zebra as well. I didn't mention Zebra. Their performances, we touched on that earlier. But Johan Maestri, you're going down as my bad for shoving what you thought was a little water carrier. And then absolutely shitting yourself when Dan Barr turns around and wants to rip your head off. We were talking about the uh, you room. don't touch opposition physios a couple of weeks ago yeah, or water boys same, off limits same as well. Same thing, everything. Wow. everything. Yeah. Mm. Take, your, take your frustrations out on another player, not on uh, someone in the backroom stuff. Especially when he's, you're not, he's all you're not fun, man. Poo anyway, Marshall. Yeah, Marshall. Typical French. Um, anyway, and then you go to the ugly, and there's only one thing to say here. I uh, don't know whether any of you saw this. Treviso against Connacht. Not Treviso, what am I about? Zebra against Zebra, Connacht, yeah. sorry. Um, it was down to Oliviero Fabiani. Uh, took a massive bite out of Connacht's Quinn Rue. Don't oh. know whether any of you saw it, got red carded. He literally goes in like Jaws, wide open, into his arm, bites him clearly, ban him for life, disgusting. Um, yeah, we talked about Ashton's one the other week, whether that was actually deliberate or not. This one is clear cut. Have a Google of it, have a look at it. Horrendous pit of. Um, not why, is it, why is he doing that? I didn't see it. I heard about it. I couldn't find well, it. Well, Quinn Rue's arm's holding onto a ball in a ruck and, you know, he's, all his frustration's gone out there and he's just gone bang, tried to bite him, actually has bitten him and it's just horrendous. So he needs a monster oh, ban. We need that to, is ugly. Yeah, horrendous. So we need to make an example of him in the game and hopefully hopefully he gets the book chucked out to him and it's a couple of year ban minimum. The only thing that could make that any uglier is if it was... Luke Narraway doing the bite with, with his, his teeth, big his yellow pistain teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. So that's my ugly. Fabiani, who is Zebra's red card specialist for the weekend. All right, and we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for coming in again, boys, and um, we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. Perfect. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Rugby pod.